0: Welcome to training from Scott Ross Online. Scott Ross is a highly sought after and internationally acclaimed personal development and leadership coach who speaks to more than 50,000 people a year. The same strategies he's taught top executives are available to you through programs like this one. We encourage you to take notes and listen to this audio multiple times for maximum results. And now, here's Scott. Welcome, everybody, to the Scott Ross Leadership Podcast. I am so grateful that you are listening and that you make this a part of your week. Very, very appreciative of that. Uh, The fact that my voice gets to come into your life and hopefully add a small amount of value to you uh, gives me a ton of gratitude and fulfillment. Um, I'm excited to be a part of your success journey, a part of you changing the world. We say on my website that we're building world changers. And the fact that you are here raising your lid every single week says a ton about you. Just very, very honored to be partnered with someone of your caliber that is investing in yourself and putting this kind of material into your mind and into your heart on a weekly basis. We've been in the midst of a series that we started a couple weeks ago on common leadership challenges, and we're going to continue that today. This is going to be episode 114, and you're going to be able to find this episode and the show notes associated with this episode by going to scottrossonline.com slash 114. That's just the number 114. You don't need to spell it out. scottrossonline.com slash 114. Recommend that you guys go out there and do that. Let's dive into um, today's topic. And the leadership challenge we're going to be talking about today in episode 114 is leading through adversity. Leading through adversity. You know, the series is Leadership Challenges and We're going to talk about leading through times that are challenging. You don't have to lead for very long before you're going to encounter challenges. And, you know, leading when things are going well is relatively easy to do. Obviously, you need to be focused on the leadership principles that we teach in this podcast and uh, on the blog on an ongoing basis. But a lot takes care of itself. You know, there's an old saying in sports, and that is that winning solves everything. You know, you never hear about locker room challenges challenges or chemistry on the team or whether the coach has lost the team or whether people like each other when you're winning. Because when you're winning, everything else goes by the wayside. You're willing to accept a lot because you're saying to yourself, well, I see this red flag or that red flag, but you know what? Maybe it's not that big a red flag because, hey, we're winning. But the second that you stop winning... The second that things get very difficult, that's when real leadership has to kick in because at that point – All of the challenges you would have faced, all of the negative ingredients in your organization, in your personal leadership style, all of those things are going to have a spotlight shined on them, and it's going to become very, very evident that you have issues. And so we're going to talk about how to lead through adversity. How do you lead through challenging times when you're losing, when things are going backwards, when things are not as you would want them to be? The first thing I want you to know about leading through adversity is that the leader needs to acknowledge reality while avoiding negativity. They need to acknowledge reality while avoiding negativity. Now, we actually had an entire episode that I'll end up posting a link to it in the show notes at scottrossonline.com slash 114 on the leader's job. And one of those episodes, the one I'll post the link to is that the leader's job is to lead from reality to declare what is real. One of the things that people think is that as a leader, you need to be Pollyanna. You need to be that, you know, there's no problems at all ever. And that is not true. But it's also not the leader's job to point out everything that's going wrong. That's not true either, because reality is never that black and white. There are always negative aspects of what's happening and there are positive aspects with what is happening. And in both, there is, as we'll talk about in a moment, there is always opportunity. And so great leaders always deal with what is real. The pendulum isn't woe is us on one end or we're awesome. There is no problem on the other end. Leaders lead from a place of acknowledging reality. And the example I give you is this, you know, and it's true for your life as well. Like in this mastermind group, we're going to spend a lot of time identifying where we start from, because if you're on a journey, think about going on a journey and you want to reach a destination. Well, you need to know what the address is at the other end. So you can put it in the GPS. Once we know where the address is, the GPS can take us from you know, turn to turn or turn by turn directions. But there's another prerequisite, and that is knowing where you're starting from. If you put the address at the other end into the GPS, but you put a different starting point at the GPS, it doesn't help you at all. You're hosed. Well, leaders have to put the starting point into the GPS. Well, when you're going through adversity, people are looking to you as the leader to feel confident that things are going to go right, that this is not the end of the story, that we have another chapter yet to write. And so they need to have reality acknowledged so that they can feel that confidence. You see, leaders who seem disconnected from the real world lose credibility very, very quickly. Leaders who ignore reality, they start to forfeit their influence because people understand if you're not willing to acknowledge what's going on, you can't fix it. If you won't acknowledge where we really are, you cannot move to a higher place. People are going to say to themselves, this lady doesn't have a clue. She's living in a fantasy world. What is she talking about? There's no chance we're getting out of this. I mean, she's got her head in the sand. Leaders who just flat out ignore what's going on, their influence dissipates almost immediately. They do not inspire confidence. They drain confidence very rapidly when they won't acknowledge what everyone else knows to be true. You know, one of the worst places you can be is in denial. Think about if you're trying to deal with an alcoholic, what are you dealing with? Denial. If you're in a marriage that's not going well and the person won't go to counseling or sit and work on it, where are they? Denial. We're fine. I don't want to talk about that. Well, denial the worst place to be. And people who are in denial, what do they lack? Credibility. What do you need as a leader? credibility because you need credibility to build trust. And trust is one of the foundational ingredients in influence, which leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. So we've got to acknowledge reality. However, there is a fine line because it is human nature to go to the dark side. We make problems bigger than they really are. We are assume the worst. And frankly, for many of us, we just like drama. And so it is our nature to just go to the dark side. And so one of the things a leader can't do is they can't go to the dark side with all their people and start screaming how the sky is falling. Rather, leaders are people who can do both. They can acknowledge what is real. They can acknowledge where they really are without making it worse than it really is, and going to the dark side and enveloping themselves in a lot of woe is me, the sky is falling attitude. See, leaders can see the flood or see the fire, but see their way through the flames, see their way through the water. Moses didn't deny that the Red Sea was there. He acknowledged, I get it, There's a a big body of water right here, but stand and watch the deliverance of the Lord. He acknowledged what was happening while at the same time seeing that something big was about to happen. Leaders are people who can see their way through the negativity without denying the negativity. I'll give you a recent example, and this might seem silly to some of you, but you know, it just is one that just top of mind because it very recently happened. Some of you know that I am a huge fan of the greatest sports franchise in the history of the world, the Dallas Cowboys, the most valuable franchise of any sport on the planet. Anyway... I digress with that and just say that recently they've had some struggles and one of their struggles is that they have an offensive lineman named Tyron Smith, and he is the best left tackle in the game of football. Now, you don't need to be a football fan to follow along with this analogy because he went out with injury and they replaced him with a younger player named Chaz Green. Now, we were playing the Atlanta Falcons. And suddenly the Atlanta Falcons defensive end, he all of a sudden is the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. I mean, he is the greatest defensive end the game has ever seen. Our poor quarterback Dak Prescott is getting hit play after play after play after play after play every play. He's getting hit. In fact, the defensive end for the Falcons that day was a guy named Adrian Claiborne, Adrian Claiborne, has had 28 sacks in his entire 10-year career in the NFL, and 21% of them came that day in that game. (laughs) That's how bad the left tackle for the Cowboys was that day, Chaz Green. Now, here's the problem. It became obvious from the word go that this poor guy is outmatched. He is not capable of filling Tyron's shoes. But Garrett, the head coach, would not acknowledge reality. He just kept standing on the sidelines clapping. At the end of the game, he said, we just need to execute better. It became clear, and in fact, the reports came out of the locker room that week, he lost a lot of credibility with his players because it was all obvious to them, this guy needs help. What he should have done is acknowledged That he was gonna need help. You know what? We got a young guy here. He's not an all pro like Tyron Smith. Tyron's out, sucks. But you know what? We still can win this game because here's what we're going to do. We're going to put a tight end over there on that end of the line, and we're going to lean on these guys. We're going to run the ball to the right side using the two top linemen in the in the game, Travis Frederick and Zach Martin. And that's going to be our game plan, and that's why we're going to control the clock even better because we've got six linemen instead of our typical five. It's acknowledging reality while showing the way out. You guys have to be that to your people. You cannot be Jason Garrett and just clap and say, it's all going to be fine. We just got to keep working harder. That's going to lose you credibility very, very quickly. But you also can't swing the pendulum and be like, well, left tackles out. So you know what? We should just forfeit. Why don't you guys just do your best? I'll be over here eating some tacos. I mean, that that can't be your attitude either. I know it's a fine line, but you've got to play that role. Acknowledge what's real while seeing the way out. Now, The second part of this is, and this is the second tip I'd give you, a big, big factor in your ability to do what I just said is the control over your own emotions. You're going to have to, as adversity takes uh, root and it is clear that you're in a season of adverse circumstances, you have got to personally take control of your emotional state. You've got to make sure that you don't allow yourself to get too high or too low, and you need to be very aware of your emotions because everyone around you is going to become very emotional. Losing creates emotions. Losing creates stress. Stress creates worry, creates panic. And when people get emotional during difficult times, they do irrational things. Your role is to be the rock of Gibraltar to your people. While they're emotional, while they're being tossed about by the winds and the tides of circumstance, you are are the rock. And let me tell you something that's important as a part of this controlling of your emotions is that you don't take things personally. You see, in these times people are going to look to blame, they're going to look for a scapegoat, they're going to look to vent, and you know who's going to be the easy target for blame and venting? You, the leader. What you've got to do is keep your head and not take any of that nonsense personally. And don't take the fact that you're losing personally. It's not personal. Everyone has setbacks. Everyone loses. Every organization goes through difficulty. You have to understand that that is just the way... It's played in the big leagues. And so, since you're a big league player, it's just par for the course. You're going to keep your emotions in check. You're not going to panic. You're not going to freak out. You're not going to get angry. You're not going to throw a tantrum. Or if you do any of those things, you're going to do it in your private prayer closet where no one can see you and you're going to come out with your game face on. Keep your head. Leaders keep their head. When everyone else is losing their minds, leaders are clear-eyed, laser-focused. And let me tell you another thing that can help you here. Act like you've been there before. You know, I have been doing what I do for a long time, and I've seen a lot of ups, and I've seen a lot of downs. And when I see downs, it doesn't bother me anymore because I've been there before. Now, the first time I went through a big down bothered me a lot shook me to my core, rocked my world. I never thought you could lose the way we lost. But today, no problem. It's just the way it works. And you just act like you've been there before. And what's going to happen is, I say this a lot, a lot of leadership is caught more than taught, and a lot of leadership is people borrowing the emotion they need from you until they find it in themselves. You know, like they borrow certainty from the leader until they can get certainty themselves. They borrow belief from the leader until they can get belief themselves. They borrow vision from the leader until they get their own vision. You have to, in this situation, be emotionally stable, and then they'll borrow that emotional stability from you. They're looking, and they're flipping out, but they're like, she looks good. He looks rock solid, so maybe it is okay. Maybe I'm off my rocker for thinking that things are bad right now, and they will be much more likely to keep their head if you have kept your head. You could write this down. To the fortunate person, a misfortune is barely noticeable. But to the unfortunate person, a misfortune is doubly intense. To the fortunate person, a misfortune is barely noticeable. To the unfortunate person, a misfortune is doubly intense. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a fortunate person or an unfortunate person? Do you see yourself as a winner or a loser? Do you see somebody who wins most of the time with a few setbacks or do you see yourself as somebody who typically loses and you were just excited because it looked like this one time you might get a win? You see, I'm a fortunate person, and so misfortune is barely noticeable. If you're an unfortunate person, every misfortune is going to be doubly intense. Be fortunate in your mind. Be fortunate in your mentality. Be fortunate in your gratitude, in your attitude. Keep your emotions in check. You know, one of the things about going through adverse circumstances that really impacts leaders is the fact that they feel isolated. They feel like they're going through the process alone because they have to be the rock. They have to be strong for their people. And they don't really have anybody they can confide in or that they can be real with or just share their fears or concerns with um, and kind of keep them on track. And in those circumstances, I can tell you that what high performers do is they have a coach. You know, if you're an athlete, Fleet and you're going through a slump, you get a coach. If you are an executive and your business is starting to go under, you get a turnaround coach. I mean, everyone who performs at a very high level If they're in an adverse circumstance, that's especially when they need to go get a coach. If you want to perform at your best in adverse circumstances, you need a coach as well. Right now, I am actually opening up for the first time in more than a year, my personal coaching program. I don't take on very many clients because I have a lot of things that I do. But I always love to invest personally in people. And so right now, my personal coaching program is open for a few clients to join me. And all you got to do is go to scottrossonline.com slash coaching and pick the package that is right for you. And I'm offering a special for the listeners of the Scott Ross Leadership Podcast, 20% off any coaching package. When you go to check out, just use the code podcast. Just type the word podcast in the coupon code box and you get 20 off any of my coaching packages. If you want something different in life, you have to do life differently. The window to work with me is going to close very shortly. I just say, take your game to the next level. Have an advocate in your corner during times of stress, times of challenge. Do what champions do. Get a coach. Let's get back to the next technique in overcoming adverse circumstances or leading through adversity. The next step. You want to always look for the opportunity in the adversity. You always want to look for the opportunity in the adversity. There is always opportunity in adversity. Whatever negative thing happens, you should immediately start saying to yourself, where is the big win that can come out of this? Because there are always Is one. You know, when I was in my software career, turnover in the software industry is very, very high. When I say turnover, I mean employee turnover, Um, especially in the sales and marketing side of the business. Salespeople get fired all the time, sometimes in mass quantities. They'll just come in and fire everybody. And it's just the way it goes. Well, I went through a lot of rifts like that. And Typically, I was the person not getting riffed. I would be one of the few people left, and it would be bad. I mean, it would look really negative, and the attitude in the office would be just in the tank when all these people are getting fired. And I always said, I'm about to make the most money I've ever made because they're firing all these people, so guess who gets those accounts? Somebody's going to get them. I'm going to go get them. I always saw opportunity in every single negative circumstance. Um, You know, I had a company that went, uh, that that ended up rifting my entire division. I was part of that rift. I used that to start a company. I mean, um, you know, there's always, 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 always a light at the end of the tunnel. There's always a silver lining. And as the leader, it is your job to go find it. You know, Steve Jobs, he was fired from Apple. He founded the company and they fired him. And For about yay long, you know, a a, a quick minute, he was really, really, really upset. And then he picked himself up, and he saw opportunity. He founded a company called Next Computing. You know what's crazy about Next? It was a failure. It went under. So he gets fired from Apple, goes and starts Next, and Next goes under. Except one thing happened at Next, The work that they had done at Next, he kept it in his pocket, and it became a little thing called the iPhone. How did that end up working out? You see, one failure led to an opportunity that actually was a failure, so you could look like, oh my gosh, even worse off, double failure time here. But no, that work ended up being fruitful. The seeds that were planted through that turned into the biggest revolution ever, the biggest win in his corporate life, the biggest win in maybe business history, if you look at their valuation right now. Walt Disney, he founded a studio called laugh Laphograms went under. It was only around two years. It was an absolute failure. But there was some work that was done when they were there. They worked on some animated movie ideas. Maybe you've heard a couple of them. One was called Alice in Wonderland. The other was called Cinderella. Oh, and they invented this uh, very uh, low profile character while they were there named Mickey Mouse. Oh, another thing they did while they were there, they cultivated this network of the greatest animators in the world. And when they started Walt Disney Animation Studios, because they had created this network during those two years at laugh grams they had the greatest animators anywhere on the planet all come to one building, and the rest is history. Their network became their net worth. You may have heard that before. You see, in every situation of adversity, there is always opportunity. And so, write this down. Leaders are fearless, leaders walk by faith not by sight because they have faith they don't have fear that there is going to be something even bigger even better on the other side of what we're having happen here see the scripture tells us that the way that you purify gold is through fire fire burns away dross dross is a big word for impurity Dross is the junk in your life, the junk in your organization, the stuff that could hold you back. Fire burns away impurity, and so fire is either going to turn you into ash or fire is going to reveal you to be gold. If you're a leader, you need to be prepared to be revealed as golden. Exude confidence. Leaders who exude confidence aren't faking it. They actually are confident because they see the light. They feel the light and they point to the light. Always look for opportunity in every adversity. Next, take ownership of your situation. Take ownership of your situation. You know, there's, there's two types of thinking. There's ownership or leadership thinking, and then there's victim thinking. And as the leader, we have to be people who own it rather than people who act like victims. The biggest difference between the leaders in the world and the winners in the world and the followers, everybody else, is the leaders own stuff and the victims are, are, and the followers are victims. It's always something else. So let me give you some contrast you can write down. Owners live independent of circumstances, They are outside their circumstances. Their circumstances play no factor in their happiness, in their ability to move forward, in their attitude, in their choices. Owners live independent of circumstances, while victims need circumstances to make them happy. So, owners live independent of circumstances, and victims need circumstances to make them happy. So if the circumstances are what going great, they're happy. If circumstances aren't going great, unhappy. Next, owners live by choice, while victims live against their will. See, owners are driving the car. They're driving the ship. They're making decisions and they're choosing what is going to happen next. Where am I going to go next? What is the next set of circumstances I'm going to create? Whereas victims are being tossed about like a ping pong ball in the water. And whatever is happening, they're just kind of getting swept in that direction or the other against their will. Owners get from and victims get through. Owners get from, and victims get through. Owners seldom take offense while victims are easily offended. You know, I just ask you, how offended are you by stuff right now? Like, could you make a list of all the stuff you're offended by? If you could, you're probably a victim. I'm not offended by much. It takes a lot. I get on social media and all I see is people who are offended as all get out. I mean, I mean, their, their skin is like, you know, so tiny thin, it's ridiculous. Don't be that person. If you want to be a leader, you got to have very little you take offense at. Owners use life, where with victims, life uses them. Owners take responsibility. Whereas victims shift responsibility. It's someone else. It's my boss, my spouse, my kids, my car, my house, my neighborhood, the government, whoever's in office, uh, whoever should have been in office, the Russians, whatever. Somebody else is always responsible. Owners just take responsibility. Owners see themselves as the programmers, while victims see themselves as the program. Once again, owners are in charge of their fate. Victims are just up to the whims of circumstance. Owners see challenges as benefits. They actually embrace challenges as positives, whereas victims see challenges as burdens. We're going to talk about the benefits you get when you lead through adversity at the end, and you'll see what I mean by this idea of seeing challenges as benefits. And then last, owners have a higher sense of purpose, while victims always diminish the purpose of what they do. Uh, it's no big deal. I'm not that great. It's not. Uh, that's not going to make any difference. What could I do? I mean, I'm only one person. Owners have this higher sense of calling, whereas victims diminish the purpose of what they do. Side note, I'll put the link into this too, but I did a blog post on purpose yesterday, and um, you could read that. If you go to scottrossonline.com slash 114. So, going back to this idea of leading through adversity, you are going to take ownership of the situation. Let's talk about two last ideas, and then I want to give you some of the some of the big wins if you're willing to do this. And I apologize. This is going to be a little bit of a longer episode just because I wanted to pack all this in. I didn't want to split it into two, and it's just a little longer than the typical half hour that we spend together. So hopefully, you'll stay with me for just a few more minutes. But when you're going through adversity as a leader, you want to commit to increased personal communication. What do I mean by that? Well, you're going to need to over-communicate with your people. And if you're a task-oriented person like me, this is a, especially a big alert because task-oriented people live in their head. What I mean by that is, and I'll just tell you how I operate, and it's just it's been proven this is the way most task-oriented people are. You know, I will see a situation and immediately my mind is calculating all the ways we're going to get through it. And I start to go, oh, that's no big deal. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's going to be an opportunity right there. Oh, wow. We could actually pull this and this and this off. And I get confident. And I just immediately leap to action. I just start doing. But meanwhile, no one knows what just happened in my head. Now, I think they know because I know. But how would they know when I didn't communicate? So what we have to do is we have to to remind ourselves to over communicate. We have to tell people what it is that we're seeing. We have to tell people why we are excited. We have to tell people the opportunity that's before us and the exact set of steps that we are going to take and we believe we can pull off in order to get to the other side and be in a better place. The other thing we need to do in terms of increasing our personal communication is personally reach out to our lieutenants and make sure that they're all doing okay. You know, um, they might have a a brave front in the group when you're sitting in the team meeting, everything's going well, but you need to reach out to them personally and say, Hey, you know, I appreciate your leadership. We're all, you know, putting up a brave front, but I just want to check in with you. How are you really doing? What's really going on with you and just get the real scoop are they scared? Are they frustrated? Are they angry? What's really going on? You need to reach out personally to take their pulse. And then you can do some things interpersonally with them to reestablish that confidence and communicate with them what you see and let them borrow some of your vision. Let them borrow some of your problem solving. Let them take some ownership of this vision you have and become a part of it with you so that they can enjoy this process during this this season of darkness and adversity. And that leads to the last thing about in, in pers- or increased personal communication, and that is to show people their personal role and their personal win. Now, if you go back and listen to the episode we did last time on inspiring high performance, we talked about people needing to see the worthiness of their work to see how what they do, their personal role, how it plays into and is critical to the success of the overall organization and the success of the bigger picture. Well, this is that's especially true in seasons of adversity. You gotta make sure that people see how what they're going to do in this season is gonna be absolutely critical to the entire organization pulling out and coming out of the other side. Last technique, and this is so critical, guys. As leaders, we are often and as we should be focused on serving our people, and we're focused on external things. But more than ever during seasons of adversity, you have got to be ensuring that you're filling up your own tank as a leader. If you run empty, it's over. Your people are going to be empty. So you got to make sure you're controlling what you can control from filling up your personal tank. So your morning routine, you know, are you doing prayer Are you working out and exercising so that you're blowing off stress and making sure that you've got high levels of energy and ability to have high levels of output? Are you doing exercise where you're doing like gratitude exercises, where you're remembering all the things you have to be grateful for and why this is really just a blip on the radar when it compares to all the reasons you have to be filled with thanksgiving? You've got to control your energy. Write this down. Energy equals performance. The people who bring the most energy to a situation always perform at the highest level, and you've got to control that. You've got to be thinking about your energy levels and thinking about your body language, and you know because um, motion creates emotion. Your your physical body and the way you carry yourself, the way you hold yourself it ends up becoming something that impacts directly your mental state and your psychological performance. So, be focused on your energy level. Leaders are hyper aware of their energy level and are always focused on stepping it up and and, and creating more energy, building more energy resources, and giving more energy in every situation. So, in these seasons of adversity, more than ever, get really dialed in on your personal routine to fill your tank. I know that you know I'm spending more time in the Word than ever before. I'm making sure I get to the gym. I'm making sure I'm reminded of myself of how grateful I am for all the blessings that are in my life. I'm touching my blessings and thinking about my blessings, and I'm thinking about energy. Am I bringing the right energy to the situation? Am I walking into the room with the right vibe? with the right body language is the right look on my face. I'm really focused on that and fill in my tank. And I encourage you to do that. So if you want to get big performance in critical moments, when things look bleak, guys, you've got to acknowledge reality while avoiding negativity. It's a fine line, but don't, don't lose your credibility with your people because you're sticking your head in the sand and don't go with your people all the way to the dark side and start screaming about the sky being being, you know how the sky is falling control control your emotions. Act like you've been there before and keep your head. Look for the opportunity that's going to be there in adversity and walk by faith. Take ownership of your results. Take ownership of the situation that you're in. Don't look to blame. Just own it and start programming what's going to be the next season in your organization. Increase your level of personal communication and fill your own tank. Now, if you'll do that, here's what's going to happen for you. If you'll lead through adversity rather than curling up in a ball, here's just a few of the blessings that are going to come to you. Number one, you are going to be purified like gold. You will come out stronger, better on the other side. If you lead through it, if you curl up in a ball, you won't have been refined. You won't have gained anything. You won't have learned anything. There will be no growth in that process. But if you will lead the way we just talked about through the adversity, you will be refined. You will be made more pure and you will be someone who has developed resilience, somebody that they could knock you down. You know, if you went out and tried to box right now and you got punched in the face, you'd probably just be done. But if you went back to the gym over and over again and got punched every day in some sparring practices, you'd start to develop the ability to take a punch. That's the way it works. You know, I was in the military and, you know, there were parts of being in the military that I hated every second of it. I mean, I, I despised being in the military for a lot of reasons. But looking back, the one thing that it did for me is there's virtually nothing you can do to me now that's actually harder or worse. I'm an extremely resilient person. It toughened me in a way that is priceless forever. Go through hard times, go through hard circumstances, you will develop resilience you'll develop a lot of maturity if you'll lead through this you will learn so many lessons your wisdom level will rise significantly during these times and especially guys if you'll use the discipline of reflection and be reflecting on these times you know on a weekly basis and journaling those lessons i can't tell you how much maturity you can gain in a very short season and last but not least you will earn respect you will become somebody that is respected because you will be respectable. You'll somebody that went through the mud and you came out the other side and you kept your organization intact. One last thing, and this is probably the most important part of the entire podcast, so I hope if you've been here this long, you'll just dial it in right here. Wherever you're driving, whatever you're doing, dial this in right now. Some of you might be thinking, well, I'm not really in a position to lead people during adversity. I mean, I don't really have a very big team, you know, so this is cool, but I guess if I was like, you know, the CEO, or you know, I was a high rank in my organization, or it was you know the head football coach, well, maybe these lessons would be cool. Maybe I'll keep them stashed away for that day if that ever comes. Well, no, these lessons are important for you, especially if you don't have a per- have a team, because the most important person to lead in adversity is yourself. If you're a team of one, I promise you're going to face adversity at some point, and these principles will be priceless to you. So I want you to listen to this again and again and learn to master these principles in your self-leadership. And if you do have a team, have your team listen to these principles over and over again because if your whole team had this mindset of leaving themselves in a healthy way through adverse circumstances, I mean, if everyone was individually acknowledging what was real, but avoiding the negativity. If they were, you know, controlling their emotions, if you individually could take control of your emotions, if you individually could just be looking for opportunity in whatever your personal adversity is, if you would take ownership of your circumstances rather than you looking to blame or scapegoat or have a victim mindset, if you would just increase your own ability to be excited and control your energy and fill your own tank, in these circumstances, I'm telling you, your whole life would change. And the adverse circumstances you go through as an individual would all turn into blessings. You would be refined. You would become resilient. You'd become mature. You'd be respectable. That's what you want. You would have gone through these things in a healthy way, and it will make you of infinitely greater worth. I hope this has been valuable to you guys. It's episode 114. You're going to be able to get to the show notes and all the things I reference, uh, the podcast episodes and some books that I'm going to put out there as well. Just go to scottrossonline.com slash 114. Again, scottrossonline.com slash 114, and you can get the show notes. And I can't wait to be with you again next time. Until then, keep raising your lids. I'm honored to be partnered with you. God bless you. you have enjoyed this audio program. For more resources to further your development as a world-class leader and for success strategies and tactics in all areas of your life, please visit scottrossonline.com. And be sure to connect with Scott on Facebook and Twitter using the ID at Scott Ross